Hey there, everyone. Welcome to F4W Online. It's Denise Salcedo, and it is March 7th, and we are here to talk about NXT Roadblock. And let me tell you, this is probably going to be one of our uh, newsiest NXT Tuesday editions uh, in quite some time because we had so much that happened on today's show, uh, like a lot of stuff. So we're going to break that down. There were a couple of surprises. Uh, we saw some interesting angles play out. We also are seen um, some more matches being announced for NXT Stand and Deliver. Uh, there is just a whole lot that is uh, surrounding NXT here tonight, so we are going to go ahead and jump right in. But before we do, just a heads up to everyone, uh, if you are here and you do want to get your thoughts, your comments, your questions, uh, your opinions, whatever it is, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point uh, throughout the stream. It really not only uh, gets you to get your moment, get your comments read on here, but on top of that, it's a great way to help support this podcast and keep me funded and so show some support and all of that good stuff. So let's get into this episode because this is one that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, we're going to run things in a chronological format because it just makes things a lot easier for me. So let's dive right in. And uh, let's, or you know what? Let's start with the let's start with the main event, guys, because all the comments here are wanting to talk about the main event, and I listen to the people. So let's start with the main event, and then I'll go back to the top of the show. Um, all right, so. The main event, which had NXT kind of run a little bit late today, that's why I started the stream late, was because the stream, the actual show, ended kind of late. And so we had Mako Satamora versus Roxanne Perez for the NXT Women's Championship. And here's the thing, guys. We knew that Mako Satamora versus Roxanne Perez was going to be a good match. Um, I'm going to just say it. I think they over-delivered, and I think we got even more uh, than I think some of us, I don't know, whatever you're expectations were I definitely think that they not only met expectation expectations but they over delivered on this main event this was one of my favorite um, main events on NXT in quite some time and I'm even happier because it ended up being um, the kind of match that I've been wanting to see for Roxanne Perez as NXT women's champion so one of the things that I've been saying nonstop about Roxanne Perez is we've been wanting to see her as a fighting champion, just going out there and having all of these matches, etc. So the second that they announced that this match with Mako Satomura was going to be happening, this was pretty much like, okay, we knew because of the competitor that Mako Satomura is and the competitor that Roxanne Perez is, we knew we were going to get a pretty good match. On top of that, I've been loving like the build. So what was it? Um, last week, I believe, or was it the week before? Maybe last week. Um, we had the whole thing, the whole vignette where they had Roxanne Perez go into Mako Satamora's class and she takes the class and she trains with Mako and it's really hard and it's very like hard on her body and you know, she she does the first portion, she thinks the class is done but it's not done, there's still more to do Mako is kind of basically kicking her butt, you know, that sort of thing but Roxanne Perez is fighting and she's fighting and she's doing everything that she possibly can, right, to stay afloat and so basically what we saw here in this match was a little bit of a continuation from that story because not only did we see Mako and Roxanne have a pretty fabulous match so what it was was pretty much Mako Satomura uh, dominating Roxanne Perez but in a manner in which that Roxanne Perez didn't by any means look like she was uh, un not not like unable to hang with Mako Satamora, nothing like that. It was more so along the lines of she really had to give everything to 
to win, to defeat Mako Saramora. So throughout this match, like we just, oh my God. So first of all, like Mako, the way that she was getting Roxanne Perez with those kicks, they were freaking brutal. And then there was a point where like Roxanne was trying to get her with a couple of, uh, with a couple of uppercuts. Basically, everything that Mako Satamora did to Roxanne Perez came a lot easier uh, to her than it did to Roxanne Perez. Roxanne was finally get able to get just a moment's uh, upper hand during this match when Mako Satamora goes to the top rope. She does a splash, but instead Roxanne Perez gets her knees up. And so she's finally able to get some strikes of her own on Mako, but then Mako quickly gets some strikes back in on Roxanne Perez. So pretty much what we're seeing here is um, Mako Satamora pretty much just like, you, you know, getting the best of Roxanne, but Roxanne keeps fighting. She keeps doing whatever she can, right? Because she's very passionate. We know that that's the kind of champion that she is. So then on top of that, you finally have her uh, get this win and she gets the roll up. She just uh, barely makes it by like a, you know, by a, by, I don't even know. She barely makes it and gets this win on Mako Satamora. And even Mako is kind of surprised a little bit. She's like, oh shit. But you know what? She shows Roxanne Perez that, uh, she shows Roxanne Perez that respect right uh she hands her the championship you know she's raising her hands up in the uh the air and this and that and then we have what was probably a little bit unexpected but i did like this and i like this for the simple reason that to me the story here is that roxanne perez took on a massive challenge in mako satamora she took a massive challenge in this competitor and she barely made it. She fought so hard. She gave absolutely everything she had in her that by the end of it, she almost didn't, she didn't have anything left because she just drops to the mat and she's pretty much unconscious. And so they run this whole angle where uh, Roxanne Perez is out cold and she's just, you know, face forward on the mat and all of the, you know, the, the doctors and the referees and everybody, Sean, Booker T, everybody goes out there and is trying to help Roxanne Perez. She ends up being stretchered out of the uh, building and taken into the hospital uh, based on her going into the ambulance and all of that. So personally, it was kind of an unexpected way that they were going to, because I really just thought, okay, we're going to get a straightforward match it's going to be really good Roxanne's going to get her win and then you, we're going to have Tiffany Stratton because Tiffany Stratton basically announced that she would be facing or going after whoever won this match whether it was Mako or Roxanne because she's coming for the NXT Women's Championship so I figured okay we're probably going to have Tiffany Stratton come out there and that was going to be the end of the show but instead, we ended up getting this whole angle where Roxanne Perez gave everything she had to the point where she had nothing left. And so I kind of like that they did this. It was totally unexpected. And for me, it just kind of goes to show the story that it shows to me that Roxanne Perez is the kind of champion that is willing to give it all, everything she has just to hold on to the NXT Women's Championship. And so I was not only a big fan of the match, I was a fan of what they did with the post with the post match angle and I'm excited to see how they're going to follow up from this because we know we're going to get Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton at NXT Stand and Deliver. Like that is the direction that it seems they're going in. So how are we uh, what's going to happen now? What impact, what effect is this going to have on Roxanne Perez? So this was, to me, a phenomenal main event, and it just 
I'll, I couldn't be happier about how this match turned out. Uh, but let's see what you guys are saying here. We're getting a couple of super chats. Uh, let's see what y'all are saying. Uh, so here we go. This is from Heidi Ho. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho, who says, anytime you kick off with a Tiffany epiphany, it's going to be a damn good night. Uh, Tiffany Stratton did kick off the show, and you know she ran down a whole uh, – she had a whole promo video talking about this match with Mako and Roxanne Perez. Uh, it was a really good start to the show. I really liked that. I thought it was a good way to show her character and also you know now it makes even more and now it makes even more sense that they started off the show with um tiffany stratton because we already knew hey she issued this challenge to whoever wins but for those that maybe didn't know that are just tuning in to watch nxt roadblock or something it's like okay you know what's going down at the top of the uh you know what's going down with the women's program and who the next challenger is going to be at the top of the show because we weren't gonna get that moment at the end i think most of us were probably predicting to have roxanne perez holding up her championship staring down tiffany stratton and so because we didn't end up getting that moment at the end we got that moment addressed in the beginning so um i really do like now that i just thought about them and why they why they ended up doing that so in hindsight we should have seen that something was going to be happening like this but i'm happy that this freaking main event delivered and all oh, this was good all around but danny padilla sends in a super chat saying hi denise could you please let dave know max deserves his five-star rating for his performance on sunday you have the power to make it happen i don't have the power to make it happen uh, danny uh i have nothing to do with that that is yeah i definitely have nothing to do with that i don't have the power to make it happen but thank you so much for setting in the super chat. Hunter Tillman sends in a super chat, a very generous one. Thank you so much to Hunter who says, hey, Denise, the show was pretty good. But man, that main event was hard hitting as hell. I'm sincerely praying for Roxanne. When she collapsed, my heart almost stopped. OK, so just FYI, like this is an angle, guys. Like this, this is not like something happening with Roxanne Perez. Like this is an angle based on the way that they did everything. Uh, it's an angle just in case. I don't want anyone to think like, uh, you know, to be worried or anything like that. Uh, based on everything that we saw, it's an angle. But regardless, it was still a pretty damn good one. So uh, I love this. I thought that it explained the story and it tied in nicely to the video package that they did beforehand uh, last week with the training between Roxanne and Mako. And this makes me wonder because one of the things that I had said last week was I kind of wanted to see a sort of mentorship relationship between Mako Satamora and Roxanne Perez. And now it's like Roxanne barely got this victory over, over Mako. Like she barely got this victory over her and it's, and Mako wasn't even like out of breath. She wasn't even anywhere near the level that Roxanne was in terms of barely making it out of life. And so I almost would like to see Mako kind of take on this like mentorship role with Roxanne where she's like training her to continue being like the best version that she can possibly be. I think it would be pretty cool to see that and given their given how she's pushing her even when they were competitors imagine her pushing her when they're on the same team so that would be something that i'm still interested in seeing maybe even more so now uh, but we got another generous super chat here from sz thank you so much to sz for this very generous super chat who says 
The booking of Gigi and JC's match was poorly done, in my opinion. Gigi getting the jobber entrance and win out of nowhere. JC no-selling the finish. Very weird booking and did neither women any favors. So, you know what's crazy about this is that, first of all, I don't necessarily disagree with your comment here because the thing about Gigi and JC and their particular match, and we'll talk more about that um, when we get to it, but I will say this right now, is that this Gigi, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane's feud, uh, ever since since their breakup with Toxic Attraction has been one of the primary storylines on NXT. What are the top storylines on NXT, period? And so given what we just saw with uh, Gigi Dolan's incredible promo that she did last week where she was talking about her mother's abuse of her and basically, you know, kind of shedding some light on the hard journey that she had to making it to WWE. And given the history with her and JC Jane, there was a lot that I liked in this match, but it didn't feel like, here's the thing. We know there's going to be more. Okay. Like this, we always have known that there's going to be more. We know there's going, that this is going to take us all the way to stand and deliver. Like there's no way this was going to end tonight if that was not gonna happen we were gonna get more of a story here but the first meeting of this did kind of feel a little bit strange because I think that it didn't necessarily feel as the match didn't necessarily feel as hot as the story did you get what I'm saying like the match just didn't um didn't have that same energy I think that the feud has had going into it so I think that part was a little bit kind of felt a little bit off I think Gigi getting the win so quickly the way that she did was a little bit unexpected but then we kind of circled back with the uh post-match attack from uh JC Jane where JC Jane attacks Gigi Dolan so you know we're going to continue uh you know this is the way of continuing it which is what we were already expecting for them to find a way to continue the storyline the only reason I didn't like dislike it by any means, I did end up liking it. And the reason for that is that Gigi Dolan getting this win over JC Jane and getting it over her very fast is her already proving I'm better than you. I'm the better one in this, uh, you know, in this beef, in this war that you and I have. I'm the better one. I got the win and I got it pretty fast. And now you're just mad. You're just salty. And so I kind of feel like maybe they're just taking a different approach. But she's already established now with this win. Hey, I'm better than you. And so, you know, you can stop talking all your shit because I'm better than you, right? But they obviously had to find a way to keep it going. And the way to keep it going was doing that post-match attack on uh, Gigi Dolan. But um, there you go. So I do get what you're saying because I did feel it. And I did feel a little bit kind of surprised with the way that it first kind of ended. But then when you start to see everything else, you're like, okay, well, this is kind of tying into this. And this is making sense for it to continue going all the way to NXT Stand and Deliver. And I do hope that when they do Stand and Deliver, I would like to see like a stipulation added to this because I just feel that given the the beef between JC and Gigi, I think you do need to add a stipulation uh, to that. And now that I'm here, I pretty much talked about the entire match. I was like, oh, I'm going to save it for later. I pretty much had said everything I needed to say about that. But uh, thank you so much to SZ for sending in the super chats. Much, much appreciated. Dante NYC sends in a super chat saying, I'm old enough to remember when HBK passed out in the ring during an Owen Hart match. Roxanne passing out here reminded me of that. That's a really good shout, Dante. Thank you so much for sending that in as well. Uh, again, much appreciated too. And sorry, guys. 
guys. I'm just trying to catch up now with all of the comments here. There's just so much to get into for today's show. We haven't even, we've only covered just a bit. Uh, Alejandro Reyes, thank you so much to Alejandro, sends in a super chat saying, Mako dominated definitely a top women's match so far. It really is, guys. And I'm not just talking like NXT. I'm talking Raw. I'm talking SmackDown. Uh, this was one ev- one of the better uh, matches that we've seen on for the women d- on WWE TV in a little bit of a minute, guys. I'm I'm trying to think of a of a of a recent match that I've enjoyed more than this for the women, and right now I can't I can't think of anything at this moment. Um, obviously I'm not you know I have so much going on in my mind. Mostly everything's NXT related right now, but uh, it really was something that stood out. And we haven't gotten much of that, I would say. Nick Grosso sends in a super chat, a very generous one. Thank you so much to Nick, who says, So Roxanne Perez is doing the Shawn Michaels fainting angle. Uh, any other HBK angles he wants to book with women? Don't like how they booked Gigi versus JC. Stand by what I said. It was too soon to break them up. So... Again, we, uh, you know, again, uh, another person here who has the same criticisms about Gigi and JC. And again, I don't blame you because that is definitely kind of how I felt when I was initially watching this. And this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Like, I know we were torn when it came down to the breakup of toxic attraction. The only reason I'm still not like on the side of they shouldn't have broken them up is only because I do think that that promo that we saw from Gigi Dolan last week dude we would have never seen that had they not broken up it would have been a really long time until we got till that happened and i was really curious to see how they were going to present Gigi dolan as a baby face given how much we had seen her as a heel and she was a pretty damn good one at that too and i thought they did a really good job last week of easily making you understand why she was behaving this way, how her past demons affected her and now how she's going about this and how she was screwed by a friend in JC Jane. So I do think that I, 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 I the only reason I'm not, you know, down on the dumps about this, because again, I do agree with you the and with some of the people here that are saying that they didn't totally love the booking of Gigi Dolan and JC Jane here. The only reason I'm not like, um, down on the dumps about it is because I really do think that they're going to do a lot more between now and NXT stand and deliver. So I'm not feeling bad about it. Was it perfect today? No. And given that there was so much that happened on the show today and Gigi Dolan and JC Jane wasn't like, I wouldn't consider it like the main, like the main uh, thing that I even wanted to when you think of the highlights of the show, I wouldn't even put this one like in the top three highlights of today's show only because uh, of so much of the other stuff that happened. But it, when you think about that, it should be one of the top three highlights because because Gigi Dolan and JC Jane has legitimately been one of the top storylines in NXT right now. So uh, thank you so much to Nick Grosso for also sending in the super chat. Uh, this is from David Kaplan. Thank you so much to David who says, hi, Denise, I love your show with Johnny being back. Do you think this is really where he belongs? And NXT is his ceiling with the company thoughts. So let's get into this, guys. Um, uh, well, we're going to have to. I'm going to touch on this really quickly. I'm not going to get into the entire thing right now because there's so much that we have to talk about about how this even happened. But just speaking specifically on the Johnny Gargano portion, so we are going to be seeing Johnny Gargano versus Grayson Waller. I'll explain how that happened later. And in regards to this, I do not think that this is 
the ceiling for Johnny Gargano in the company. I've never have felt that way. I've always wanted to see more from Johnny Gargano. However, with that being said, I watch Raw on a regular basis. I watch and review Raw each and every single week. I, I've seen everything that Johnny Gargano has done in NXT. Hell, I was following Johnny Gargano's career before he even got to NXT. And so knowing everything we know about Johnny Gargano, whether you started watching him on NXT, whether you watched him before, whatever your introduction to Johnny Gargano was, we know for a fact that they are not utilizing Johnny Gargano to his maximum potential on the, on the raw roster. Like they simply are not. We have uh, only barely even seen what Johnny Gargano can do on the, uh, on the main roster. And there are a lot of people, while there is a lot of people that know what Johnny Gargano can do and what kind of matches he can have and what kind of wrestler he is and why they call him Johnny wrestling. There is still a huge per percentage of that audience that only knows the Johnny Gargano that they're seeing being presented on Monday Night Raw. And that presentation of Johnny Gargano has not been great. And you know this because you, the people that know this know this because of what you've seen from him in the past. And so I have mixed feelings about Johnny Gargano on NXT having this match with Grayson Waller. I have mixed feelings in the sense that I'm, I'm excited to see Johnny Gargano uh, in this match with Grayson Waller. Uh, you know, we did see AJ Styles in a program with Grayson Waller on NXT. So if AJ Styles can do one, Johnny Gargano can certainly do one. But Here's the thing. I know this is going to be a good match. I know Johnny Gargano is going to go in there and have a phenomenal match with Grayson Waller. Uh, he's going to also be here next week on NXT. So we know all of that's going to be good. But at the same time, it's like, damn, when are we going to start to see the version of Johnny Gargano that is his best on the Raw roster? When are we going to see that? You know, things have been improving. Maybe like ever since Elimination Chamber, we have been letting them, we have been seeing them let Johnny Gargano show a little bit more of what he can do on the main roster. But I'm still to this day surprised that from the second he made his debut on Raw to right now that we haven't seen, you know, the Johnny wrestling that we were seeing on NXT on Raw, given that Triple H is running creative it's still very surprising to me that we've even taken this long to uh, see Johnny Gargano be presented in that light on Raw. And so I'm excited to see what he's going to do on NXT. But at the same time, I want to see them utilize that on Raw. I want to see the versions of NXT. I want to see the Johnny Gargano NXT version on Raw times 10, you know? So I hope that kind of answer, answers your question. I don't think that this is his ceiling. I, I don't want to say that he belongs on NXT because NXT is a developmental, guys. If you want to go and you want to main event WrestleMania, have your WrestleMania moment, you need to be on Raw and SmackDown if you really want to become, you know, a big star in WWE. So um, there you go. Uh, thank you so much for sending that uh, super chat in. We have another one here from Sheldon Jackson who says, JC getting an entrance and Gigi not getting one. Are you kidding me? Also, JC proved my point tonight. Uh, she's forcing it and it's ain't authentic or feels genuine. Hence why I'm not buying into her at all. So Sheldon Jackson uh, has been sharing, you know, his uh, his hot takes, his opinion here uh, every week in regards to JC Jane, just to give some of the new viewers some insight. And I get it. Like, I get that, you know, you're still not on board with JC. Um Again, I'm still kind of feeling the exact same way in terms of I feel like she's a great heel. 
I did like her promo that she cut the first one that she did after uh, turning on uh, Gigi Dolan. It's just that, unfortunately, I don't think that they necessarily did enough here in this uh, tonight with Gigi and JC to kind of keep you going like, okay, you know, this is great. Because clearly there's been a lot of people here that did not like the JC Gigi Dolan uh, situation uh, that occurred here tonight. It really was this very straightforward kind of nothing match. Uh, Gigi gets the uh, Gigi gets the win. And then afterwards, JC attacks her. So that's that's what we saw there. Uh, so look, I don't blame you only because if you, the viewer, have not yet been sold, then they need to do something to sell you on this. So I do not blame you for feeling that way. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I'm going to predict that Roxanne will relinquish the title and show up on the main roster after WrestleMania. Holy shit, Heidi Ho. I did not think about that until right now. And let me tell you, I kind of felt a little bit of a chill on my cheek right now because I don't necessarily think that's out of the realm of possibility. And the reason I say this is, oh man. Okay, so I d look, I still think we're getting Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez on, NX on NXT Stand and Deliver. However, however, I do think because we have seen, you know, titles be relinquished in the past before on NXT and we are, you know, nearing WrestleMania. And why would they do this post-show angle uh, specifically this way? We're going to have to, I don't think we're going to see, we shouldn't be seeing Roxanne next week, guys. Like we shouldn't be seeing her next week on NXT. Uh, I think they need to, whenever you have something like this, I feel like you need to not see the person immediately the week after. I, I would say maybe at least two weeks or so. But if they play up a whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, she's unable to compete at NXT stand and deliver because of this, this and that. They could easily have her like in storyline relinquish the title and then all of us be like, Oh my God, that's so sad. No. And then afterwards have her pop up on Raw After Mania or something like that. It's not, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And here's another one. And I know we're going to talk about this more later on, but here's another one. There was a comment today from Grayson Waller to Shawn Michaels where they were talking about NXT during the Grayson Waller effect. And he mentioned something along the lines of kind of like, you know, this is not verbatim, but he pretty much alludes to the fact that nobody yet has been called up to Raw or to SmackDown. And he's like, who's going to be called up? Is it Braun Breaker? Is it this person? Is it that person? Nobody's being called up. And I'm thinking he has a point there. We haven't really seen anybody from this new era of NXT uh, necessarily get called up to the main roster, right? And like, that's that's the point of developmental. So I don't know if that was a slight little hint that maybe we might be seeing one too. And of course, because of Raw After Mania, we're always expecting those surprises. So I don't know, Heidi Ho, if I were you, I would hold on to this prediction, screen capture it so that if it does happen, you could be like, I was right about this. I, 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 I'm not going to disregard your theory because I think there's a possibility there. I don't know, but I just don't feel like it's not possible. Hector Rodriguez sends in a super chat saying Johnny Gargano backs to back to NXT. Yes, please. Also prayers to Roxanne. And uh, so, yeah, happy to see Johnny Gargano uh, get this opportunity again and just a friendly, hey, Johnny Gargano. He's he. This is why we love Johnny Gargano. Just a friendly reminder 
Obviously, we did see that reminder at Elimination Chamber because he had a lot of really great stuff at Elimination Chamber. Brandon Rosanson's in a super chat. Thank you so much to Brandon, who says, I'm glad that NXT uh, chose Johnny Gargano to face Grayson Waller. He still has beef with Waller from when he attacked Johnny Gargano during his fair, uh, farewell promo. So it makes sense from a storyline standpoint. And thank you so much for bringing this up because this was something that I did want to touch on. The last time we saw Johnny Gargano he was, you know, saying his peace. He was saying his goodbyes and he was attacked by Grayson Waller. And it's so crazy to think about like where we were during that time period, because during that time period, he hadn't even had the baby yet. Uh, well, Candice LeRae hadn't had the baby yet. Uh, and he was taking some time off to go be a dad. We didn't know at this time if he was going to ever come back to WWE. We didn't know if he was going to go to AEW. Uh, man, it's crazy to think where we were at during that time period and where we are now. Uh, so there you go. That's another really uh, strong point to make as well. Uh and we'll touch more on Shawn Michaels and Grayson Waller later on once we actually get to it because there's so much more we need to talk about in regards to that. Um, all right, so let's see what else we got here. This is another super chat from Heidi Ho who says they will hold a tournament or something to crown a new NXT Women's Champ WrestleMania weekend. That's another prediction from Heidi Ho in regards to his theory about Roxanne Perez relinquishing, possibly relinquishing the title and being called up to the main roster. Alrighty, guys, here we go. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of circle back to the things we haven't talked about yet on this show. So we kicked off the night with a jailhouse street fight between uh, Tony D'Angelo and Dijak. So here's the thing. I'm a little bit like going into this match. I pretty much felt that Dijak was going to get the win. I was surprised that Tony D'Angelo got the win. And I don't really know why I was surprised. I think the reason I was is because Dijak's character on the show has been presented as a badass. He really has. He looks, he looks the part, he looks like a badass. Like I, you do not have to tell me, oh, this guy is it, you know, tough shit. Like I'm buying it, right? Like the character's great. The presentation's great. He looks great. He sounds great. All of that, right? So, but here's the other thing. He's been losing all of his big matches. He lost against Wesley at Vengeance Day. And then he goes into this jailhouse street fight against, uh, you know, Tony D here at Roadblock. And he loses again. So I think my thing was, oh, he's going to go into this match because he can't be continuous lose, continuously losing all of these big matches. He has to eventually win one of these big ones to fit in line with his character. But at the same time, you can also make a very strong argument about Tony D'Angelo needing this victory because he too needed this victory. First of all, we've seen Tony D'Angelo in a couple of street fights in NXT and he's really good at them. Uh, like that's, for me, like, that's Tony D's thing. Street fights are Tony D's things, you know? That's his match. Like, that's his character thrives in these types of environments. Because, look, we know we're not going to be getting, like, these, uh, you know what kind of match you're not going to get from Tony D? And what kind of match you are going to get from Tony D? And for it to really be good and entertaining, I think you need, like, the street fight stuff. And, you know, these stipulations to uh, really just, uh, it just he just thrives better, I think, in that type of environment, personally, based on what I've seen from him on NXT. So for me, I kind of and he was also, you know, he was out for a bit because of injury. And, you know, he's back. 
he's also somebody that needed a win as well. So really they could have gone either direction and you could have made a strong case for both of them. So either way, this match I thought was a really good opener. And primarily I thought that Dijak was the one who looked really good in this because he had my favorite spots during this match. And there was two that I really enjoyed. One of them was that elbow off the off the rope into uh, Tony D who was on a table on the outside. That was really freaking good. And it was like executed perfectly. Really liked the visual of all of that. Phenomenal stuff. The other one was a little thing where uh, where, uh, Stacks, I forgot, Channing Stacks Lorenzo, he gets involved and freaking Dijak takes him out with a freaking boot that like, here's the thing. We've seen plenty of you know, kicks to the face, boots to the face, this and that. When I tell you that Dijak delivered a massive boot to the face of Stacks, he really did, man. Like, if you didn't watch NXT, go and just watch that boot to the face of Stacks, man, because that was freaking brutal. Um, Really, it was. So those are my two favorite parts. And then I also did like the ending because Tony D went above and beyond. Like, he got the crowbar and was just, like, freaking nailing Dijak like he was a freaking piñata, man. And he was wanting to be the first kid to break it and get them candies, man. Uh, he really went to town on Dijak. And so Tony D gets the win. Uh, this was an entertaining match, had great moments. Dijak didn't look bad whatsoever. But, yeah, I was surprised that Tony D got the win here. But there you go. That was the opener of this match. Uh, Jared sends in a super chat saying, do you think Braun is ready for the main roster? And Jared says he does that. He personally doesn't think so. Um, Look, I think that Braun Breaker is a great competitor. I think that he's very exciting in the ring, uh, especially when he moves at the pace that he moves, man, because of his size. Uh, When he hits those high-impact moves, you're like, shit, dude. Like, it's kind of crazy when you see Braun do that. Um, Promo-wise... He it's hidden. It's hit or miss. Sometimes I think sometimes it's it's fun. It's enjoyable. And there's other times where it's it's not we're not really feeling it. But I don't necessarily think that that doesn't mean that he's not, you know, ready for the main roster. I would love to see him on the main roster. I think he would do great in the main roster. Um, But yeah, I really do think he would do great on the main roster, but I also don't think that he necessarily has to be rushed in there like right now, right? Like right now. Uh, I don't think so. I think that they can take his time with them and do what they need to do. But if they were to send him to the main roster, let's just say, I don't know, Raw after Mania or something, I would not be opposed to seeing him there. Uh, but then again, you can do, I still think that there's a lot of things that they can try and things that they can do with Braun Breaker. Uh, thank you so much to Jared for also sending in uh, this super chat. It's much appreciated. All right. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Twitch Face Force, who says Denise looking a bit like Dr. Denise Salcedo, DMD, uh, except that I am not that smart to be your dentist. Okay. Like you do not want me to be your dentist. I'll just tie a little string around your tooth, pull the door, and plop. Um, but, anyways. So there you go. That was the jailhouse street fight. Now let's get into um, Dragon Lee. So people on the interweb have been waiting to see when Dragon Lee is officially going to be, you know, on NXT. When's he going to come in? Well, it finally happens. They did a thing where he was uh, shown in the audience and they had him, you know, stand up and they put his nameplate Dragon Lee uh, and he has his mask. Uh, here's the, he has his mask and his name 
hey, that's two wins already, guys. I didn't know if they were going to change his name. I didn't know if they were going to take off his mask. We, we didn't know. And they let him keep his mask. He has his name. Okay, great, man. Um, Two wins right there. Uh, and then they basically just announced that he is, you know, going to be joining NXT and he's coming soon to NXT and this and that. So this was definitely something that, you know, People have been waiting for. People are curious to see what the presentation of Dragon Lee is going to look like on NXT. And uh, man, guys, so like here's the thing. Uh, for those of you guys who kind of wanted just uh, in case you haven't been familiar with Dragon Lee or anything like that, um, you've seen him pretty much in so many places, okay? You've seen him in CMLL. You've seen him in New Japan. You've seen him in Ring of Honor. Hell, he even did a couple of stuff with AEW. Uh, this guy has been, you know, making the rounds, getting his name out there. His family, his family legacy is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he has his brother, Rush. You have uh, Dralistico. You have his father. His, his father, he is somebody that is... Um, he he was born into wrestling, okay? And the guy is very talented. Uh, you can even argue that he's one of the most talented in his family. You can argue that. Uh, and he's had some really great stuff. Uh, personally, some of my favorite matches from Dragon Lee was the stuff that he did with Hiromu. Uh, I thought that stuff was freaking great because they can both go and, you know, just do cool stuff. I actually thought his strongest presentation of Dragon Lee is the stuff that he did in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I feel like that's been like the strongest version of uh, Dragon Lee, in my opinion. And um, what can I say, guys? Look, when it comes to... Uh when it comes to WWE and when it comes to luchadors and this and that, I always worry, though, because sometimes you don't, you know, necessarily get... God, you do, they don't necessarily always do something with them, and it can be kind of depressing. And for the most part, like... You think of other people on NXT, like when Santos was there, Santos did a phenomenal job, but they never went all the way with him. You know, they, they, they never went all the way with him. I thought they could have done a lot more with him. Now he's on the main roster. Legado, you know, Legado was killing it on NXT. They're killing it. Well, they were kind of killing it in the beginning when they got moved up to the main roster, but they haven't really done much with them either. The best thing that we had Santos do on the main roster so far is that match that he had with Ricochet on SmackDown, which was really freaking good, but then they really didn't do anything afterwards. And then the latest thing we saw is just him versus Dominic Mysterio and taking an L to Dominic Mysterio. Uh, so my point being here that I... It's not that the talent isn't there for these people. It's just that sometimes you don't see them have the faith in their uh, Lucha stars. You don't see them have the faith in their Latino, uh, you know, wrestlers. And so you do, I do want to see, you know, I mean, I could, we could have so many examples of this guy, so many freaking examples of this. And it's kind of crazy, but either way, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how he's going to be presented on NXT. And I think for the most part, I think he's going to be presented well on NXT. Like I'm not too worried about his presentation on NXT. I'm more so worried about like when it comes to the main roster because when it comes to the main roster, we have seen time and time and time again that everyone's kind of kept at a certain spot. Uh, NXT, we actually kind of get to see a little bit more with some of these guys. So. You know what? Like, I hope that they uh, really use them as best as he can be used. So 
There we go, guys. And yeah, everybody's just sending in, uh, everybody's sending in more examples. Jared just sent in Umberto, Angel Garza. Angel Garza was legitimately one of the most charismatic guys like that there is. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Uh, and Adam Bull says, isn't Dominic Mexican? Yeah, Dominic, Dominic is literally probably the person that they've done the most with. Go figure, guys. Look. I don't make the rules, guys. I don't make the rules, man. I just talk about what happens. Um, but there you go. Uh, let's continue on from here. After this, we were talking about Braun Breaker earlier, and this was freaking awesome. So we got Braun Breaker teaming up with the Creed Brothers, Julius and Brutus, who we love here. We love the Creed Brothers here. Uh, taking on Ginger, Veer, and Sangha in a trios match. And this was this was a lot of fun. And let me tell you, this was probably one of my favorite things that they have done with Braun Breaker in quite some time. Uh, because Braun Breaker and the Creed Brothers were a really great visual together. Uh, they were a great team, uh, a great team together. They were going out there and hitting high impact moves. I mean, going up all of them, flying over the top rope at the exact same time, taking out all uh Jinder and Veer and Sangha and Breaker, you know, hitting his. Uh, moonsault Julius at one point does a 450 and it's more impressive because all of these guys are cut they're pretty big man they're pretty muscular they're pretty beefy so it looks pretty impressive even more so than you know any other person that would do a 450 um but we do see the Creed Brothers and Braun Breaker get the win here and they're celebrating and it just looks like bros who are kicking ass and having fun and I want to see more. I don't know what else to say. I want to see more of the Creed Brothers and Braun Breaker. And I would actually, and someone on Twitter shared this. So this was actually someone on Twitter's opinion who sent this to me on, twi on Twitter um, on a reply saying that if Braun Breaker loses the bout um, at NXT Stand and Delivered to Carmelo Hayes, we'll talk more about that in a second, uh, that he should go on to do some trio stuff with the Creed brothers. And someone tweeted me that and I'm thinking, shit, I would not hate that whatsoever. I think it would be something refreshing for Braun Breaker's character for Braun Breaker's. Uh, we have seen more out of Braun Breaker's personality with the Creed brothers in like the last two weeks than we have with Braun Breaker just by himself as NXT champion. Like we've just been seeing, he's just, it's just, they look cool together. Okay. It's as simple as that. All three guys together look cool and they look like they're having fun and you want to be part of it and you want to be bros with these guys. That is the vibe of Creed Brothers and Braun Breaker. And then they go out there and they do cool shit. I'm sorry, but how can you not get behind that? Like, how can you not get behind that? But anyways, now that we're talking about Braun Breaker, a match that has been officially made uh, for NXT Stand and Deliver is Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes. Now, this one here is a match that we pretty much knew this was what we were going to get for NXT Stand and Deliver because it made the most sense. If anybody is ready for to become NXT champion, it is Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes has done a phenomenal job. He has been one of my favorite recent NXT North American champions. I think that he's... One of the guys, so he won the breakout tournament. He was quickly one of the guys that was said to be one of Shawn Michaels' favorites on the on on the roster, and we we saw why. We saw why the kid freaking go. The guy goes out there and does a phenomenal job. He works at a uh, a nice pace. Everything he does is crisp and clean. Like he doesn't go out there and do all these high, you know, 
aerial maneuvers and like fuck him up. Like that doesn't, that's not Carmelo hates. Everything he does is clean and crisp and he just does a good job. He does a good job. Like he, I haven't seen him have one bad match. So anyways, um, he's the guy that people have been wanting to see as NXT champion. And I think the fans are more than ready. So I was so happy that they kind of cut through all the BS and had this match made and made fast. So I'm, it's ready, guys. We're, we're ready. We need to see Carmelo Hayes as a NXT champion for sure. So, and yeah, everybody's saying that that match is going to deliver. And I think it is. Um, all right. But now let's go ahead and get into um, HBK and Grayson Waller. So we already know that Johnny Gargano comes out and he's going to be the guy to face Grayson. Uh, but there's so much more that happened uh, in this segment that we need to talk about. So Shawn Michaels, actually, before I get to that, we have a super chat here from Brandon Rosen. Thank you so much to Brandon, who says, to me, the segment with Braun and Carmelo felt like the beginning of a farewell tour for at least one of them. I predict one or both will be on the main ros- roster after WrestleMania. Um, no, I think Carmelo Hayes will definitely get a shot as NXT champion. Uh, I think he should get his NXT championship shot and to actually become champion. I actually would kind of feel bummed out if he never became NXT champion because it's, it feels like it's always been in the cards for him. And I would kind of feel a little bit robbed. And I think the NXT audience would feel a little bit robbed if he didn't get the chance to be NXT champion. And I feel like Carmelo, look, here's the thing. Carmelo Hayes could, I know obviously you want to see people go to the main roster and go up there and go fast. But if Carmelo Hayes goes to the main roster, is he going to be, you know, um, WWE champion by the end of the year? No, that's not going to happen. It's just not not going to happen right now, right? So to me, I feel like it's better for him to be in NXT and become NXT champion and have a nice reign there and then eventually get to the main roster and then, you know, grow from there to eventually becoming, you know, whatever it is, you know, intercontinental champion united states champion whatever um so for me i don't want to rush the guy to get someplace where you know he's not gonna be in a high position on the show whereas he can be on nxt be nxt champion and have that high position and grow even better grow even more and get these opportunities to wrestle all of these different guys because you got to think about like there's some guys that he can have some really great matches with i mean there's a lot of people there's there's and we've already seen a couple of them actually but just to name some more because we can see replays of this like we can see rematches excuse me uh you know axiom nathan frazier jd mcdonough Ilya dragunov um I'm blanking right now, but there's more. We could even see, you know, some stuff with him and Julius, him and Brutus. You know, there's just a lot of options that can be done there with Carmelo Hayes. And I feel like there's still a lot with him on NXT versus Braun. I kind of do feel like we kind of exhausted all of those avenues for him and the singles realm. Um, But I I, I would want to see Braun and the Creed brothers. But then again, I don't know. We'll see. But out of both of them, I definitely see Braun going to the main roster before Carmelo. Just because Braun's pretty much already done a lot of stuff. Um, All right. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, It's really Brian sends in a super chat saying, just popping in before I head home from the show. I survived the NXT parking lot. Main event was amazing, but the end sucked all the air out of the room. Uh, So uh, it's really Brian. Uh, I'm so glad that you survived the NXT parking lot. I'm really happy that you did. 
Uh, so, and now you didn't get kidnapped. Woo. Congratulations, Brian. Uh, I hope you had a good time at the show. I appreciate you coming in here and sending in the super chat. It's much appreciated. Um, all right. So, uh, let's see what else we got here. All right. Shawn Michaels, Grayson Waller. So this one was something we've known for a while that they're doing, uh, you know, they're doing something similar in terms of Grayson Waller is misbehaving. He's acting up. He's kind of giving Shawn Michaels a taste of his own medicine. You know, everybody knows the infamous Shawn Michaels stories of, you know, from back in his day and all of that. We're all familiar with that. And so we're seeing Grayson Waller kind of try and mimic that and uh, do it on screen. So now it's like you're having Shawn Michaels having to deal with this kid who, you know, thinks he's bigger than the brand, thinks he's better than everybody and this and that. And so we had a very interesting back and forth here where they let Grayson Waller say some stuff. And this week has been, we've been seeing more of this lately. Like just last night on raw, we were talking about how we were seeing, uh, you know, John Cena and Austin theory and John Cena talking about, you know, breaking the fourth wall with talking about the uh, piping in the crowd noises for Austin Theory's uh, entrance for entrance for, for his matches. Uh, we're talking about bald spots and, all of these things, right? And so we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, the, these things be incorporated into, into the feuds, into the uh, promos. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. And last week, Gigi Dolan talking about her mother. Uh, little stuff like this. So in this, we kind of got some interesting stuff where, you know, Shawn Michaels comes out and obviously everybody's going to go batshit crazy because it's Shawn Michaels and you're like, ah you know freaking out it's the heartbreak kid he's out there oh my god so everybody's going crazy right and Grayson Waller is trying to get a word and he's trying to get this segment going right it's television they got a time to do but everybody's going nuts for Sean so then Grayson's like you know what 10 year old Grayson would be freaking out like all of these people here he would be but present day Grayson he would say to that kid one day you're going to be disappointed and then he goes on to say that he would now tell himself or tell the kid version of himself, do not be a Sean guy, be a Brett guy. And as we know, this is something that, you know, is all, all, always talked about in wrestling, Brett and Sean, Brett versus Sean. Are you team Brett? Are you team Sean? We see this and know this all the time. So this was something that was brought up. So then he continues on by saying, uh, he tells Shawn Michaels, you of all people are treating me the way that Vince treated you. He held you back because you weren't big enough. You weren't a draw, but you proved him wrong. Congratulations. But now you're Vince. Uh, that was another one in terms of I really wasn't expecting Vince McMahon's name to be brought up during this, but it was. And then finally, uh, Shawn Michaels tells them like no one is holding you back because Grayson Waller is claiming that he's such a big star and Shawn Michaels doesn't see it and he's holding him back. But Sean tells him, like, you need to blame yourself. You're the one who lost at Vengeance Day. You need to look in the mirror and see this. And then we get another line here that I wasn't expecting, and I thought this one was the most surprising one. And Grayson tells him, well, speaking, you know, of looking in the mirror, why don't you look in the mirror? The only reason you're sitting in that position in Gorilla is because your best mate, Hunter, had a heart attack. So I'm like, oh, shit. Now they're bringing up Triple H's heart attack. 
what um i thought that was some pretty uh interesting uh lines that they had here during this so i gotta say it kind of got me uh very entertained because look i'm gonna be honest with you guys i love stuff like this i love these lines that that hurt that include some real life stuff I love this stuff. I really do. So I was all here for it. But at the same time, I was like, oh, shit, like this is where they're going with this. Um, so then Sean basically says, you know, I stepped in because a friend needed me. And that's the least I can do for everything that he's done for me. And then he says, you know, Hunter, you know, was in charge of NXT. But now I'm the one directing the ship. Grayson Waller tells him that that ship is headed towards an iceberg and that he feels he's going to be on the cut list. And uh, Sean basically tells him, you know, you think you're you're bigger than the brand but uh that's your problem because nxt is a collective so then after this um grayson goes off and i really liked this part from grayson because he starts saying he's sick of nxt and that no one's even going to go to the main roster as i mentioned earlier he had that line about you know nobody has gone up and this is a developmental and this and that i kind of thought he got some good heat for this and there were some lines where he even said that you know the nxt talent in the back's just kissing your ass and they're all in the same they're all in the same clothes because they are too poor to afford anything different i was like Oh, man, he really went there, too. You know, there have been, you know, talks about, you know, the NXT salary and this and that. So that was something uh, to also mention. And then also um, we ended up getting uh, Grayson Waller challenging Shawn Michaels. And I'm thinking there's no way there's no way. But for a slight little bit, I did kind of bite just a little bit and think, you know what? What if? But then I was like, nah, nah, like legitimately, I wasn't really expecting to see Shawn Michaels versus Grayson Waller. But I like that they teased this. So then afterwards, uh, you know, Shawn tells them everybody wants a WrestleMania match against me. Everybody always wants to wrestle me. Hell, everybody's been trying to get me to come back and do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. And he says, you're not good enough. Uh, you know, you're no, he tells him you're nothing special. And then he says, nothing would thrill me more than to whoop your ass. But there's somebody that hates you, somebody that wants to do it just as badly, maybe even more. And that's when he says your opponent for NXT stand and deliver is going to be Johnny Gargano. Now, we've already talked about the Johnny Gargano portion of this on the show. If you missed it, you can just rewind. But essentially here, uh, it makes sense given that Grayson Waller, as somebody mentioned earlier, Grayson Waller was the one who attacked Johnny Gargano when Johnny Gargano did his farewell speech when he was leaving, um, leaving the company after his contract ran out. And instead of having this happy hurrah moment, instead he was, uh, you know, beaten up and taken out by Grayson Waller. So um, it makes sense for them to circle back this way. And what can I say? I do think that the Grayson Waller, Johnny Gargano match is going to be good. And it's going to be interesting. But Let's see what you guys are saying here. Uh, this is from G uh, Jeff Meacham Network. Sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Jeff. Who says, just wanted to say nicely done on Sunday. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, for those of you who do not know what he's talking about, all of the AW Revolution media scrums are up on my channel. Uh, as always, some of the best video footage that you will see from the media scrums. Uh, I make sure to, uh, uh, you know, 
present the very best that I possibly can on the Denise Salcedo budget. So I got myself a brand new camera. Uh, the quality the quality of those videos look even better. Uh, the other ones looked pretty good too, obviously, but this one's look even better. So I was very proud of that. Uh, thank you so much to Jeff for uh, sending this in. Uh, we got some people saying that the segment went a little bit too long, but it was crazy stuff. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great stuff, man. Like it was a, a little bit of a win, uh, a long, a longer segment, but I think it needed to kind of be that because it was like, there was just so much that they wanted to throw in here. And I thought that all of the things that Grayson Waller hit, all of the lines that he hit kind of had me going, oh, damn. And so a lot of it was unexpected content that I wasn't expecting to get. So I was a fan of what they did here. Um, and I, it's interesting, too, that, you know, this is to me, it's 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 very telling that this is what. You know, Sean, Sean coming out and being part of this with Grayson Waller just really tells me everything that they see in Grayson Waller. And I know some people are like 50-50 on Grayson. Some people don't like him. Some people do. I'm a fan, guys. I do like Grayson Waller. I, I Shit, you can go back and rewind and watch some of these past episodes from when we first started seeing Grayson Waller. And I was a fan then. I'm still a fan now. Uh, there are some things where I'm like, ah, oh, that could have been better. But that happens with everybody. But I do think that they see a lot of potential in him. And he's really, you know, trying to, you know, he's really trying. You can see it. Like, you can definitely see it. So um, this was, I like this. I was a fan, man. I was a fan. Thank you, Zeno Hour. He says, Denise has the best media scrum videos. I do. I really do. I'm actually proud of that. Um, all right. So uh, <laughs> John Deller says, notice Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks acknowledged you, Denise. Yeah. Yeah, something always happens to me, guys. Something always happens to me at these scrums, man. Uh, there's always got to be something. Uh, the first one was the first one was the Cody WrestleMania one when he went to uh, when he came to WWE. There, there was one where Cody spotted me. Then there was the Cody one where he says I'm too loud. That was another one. Then there was this one here with Ricky Starks, and then also uh, MJF and uh, MJF being MJF and be like, your voice is grating. Uh, that was funny too. And then what else? What else? There is a, I think there's probably something else, but something always happens at these scrums. Um, anyway, so feel free to check those out. Those are on my channel. All right. We already talked about Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. So I won't go over that again. We already talked about Braun Breaker's promo. Uh, let's, let's get into Andre Chase and Joe Gacy. Um, pretty much the only thing to say about this is that we're nearing this like falling out between Andre Chase and Duke Hudson because during this match, we see that Thea Hale finally overcame her trauma uh, after she was kidnapped by the schism. And she finally stood up to Ava Rain and was getting all up in her face. And she was so proud. And Andre Chase was so proud of her. And so they had this moment where they're high-fiving them. But that distraction between uh, Andre Chase was distracted by Thea Hale's celebration of her getting over her fear that it ended up costing him the match against Joe Gacy. And so Andre Chase was deaf. I mean, uh, Duke Hudson was pissed off because he's been angry at Thea Hale. Like he's kind of over Thea Hale and he doesn't seem to like Thea. And so he is, you know, pissed off. He's saying that, you know, they're, they're losers and this and that. So we're progressing to see this downfall. And I kind of want to see Andre Chase be manipulated by this is what I want to see. I want to see Duke Hudson 
successfully get in between Andre Chase and Thea Hale and manipulate Andre Chase because he has been manipulating him. We've seen this. I want to see him further manipulate him to the point where he may be kind of parts a little bit with Thea Hale and we kind of get like sad emo Thea Hale and we're all obviously rooting for them and then eventually they can have a moment where they come back together and all is well in the world. But I would like to see um, Duke Hudson successfully break them up at least for a bit so that whenever they reconcile, we have this big yay moment. They're friends again. Uh, I would like to see something like that because I think it would work with the on because look, Andre Chase and Thea Hale, they have like this really nice relationship where they're friends, but they're also like he's her teacher, her mentor, whatever. And you can tell like, you know, he genuinely cares about her. And, you know, Thea Hale loves Chase you and this and that. So I really feel like they can do something with that in terms of having them drift apart and then come back together. Uh, we get a quick uh, vignette with Isla Dawn and Alba Fire where uh, they're doing a full moon ritual on Casey and Caden and Tatum and Ivy. And that was really quick, really nice. Liked how they executed all of that. They looked spooky. They looked cool. Big fan of that. Next week, we are going to be seeing Wesley versus Axiom in for the NXT North American Championship. That should be a really good match. And we're also going to be seeing Johnny Gargano live next week. We already talked about Mako and Roxanne at the top of this podcast, too. So that, my friends was NXT Roadblock 2023. I told you, so much to get into on today's show. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's episode of uh, Speak Now Pro Wrestling. If you did, please, guys, leave a thumbs up, uh, leave a nice comment, share it on Twitter or social media or whatever. All of those things really do help me out and help me spread the word out about the podcast. Um, also, for those of you who are new here or have never seen the show before and you're wondering when I go live, I'm live every Tuesday to talk about NXT, uh, all things NXT. Then tomorrow, I'm here to talk about AEW Dynamite, all things AEW. And then Friday, we kind of get a mixture of both worlds because we're talking about WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage. So if you want to stay up to date with everything going on on these shows, um, you are more than welcome to check out this podcast anytime. Additionally, head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Check out those AEW Revolution scrums. I also did an interview with Action Andretti. Please check that one out too. I spoke to Billy Starks, The Hex, and uh, so many other people that you guys can check out there. I'm almost getting towards that 100K subscriber mark, so please help me out and click that subscribe button. Also, here on F4W Online, we're pretty much almost at 100K. Like, it's almost going to happen here so also if you haven't subscribed here to f4w make sure you do other than that thank you guys so much for being here and i'll see you back tomorrow bye everyone <laughs>